David Meads. I'm the Vice President of Africa for Cisco Systems. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, an interesting statistic popped out of research you, you know, Cisco's done into the IoT space, how readily it's been adopted, and how successfully companies uh, you consult to are at actually you know, latching onto the trend and actually turning it into business success. And as it turns out, 26% of IoT initiatives are completed successfully. 26%. That's shocking. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting statistic, and as you saw from the, um, the the audience today, we actually polled the audience, I think it was about 800 people, to get some feedback from them as to why did they think that might be the case. And I think two common themes above all others uh, talked about the fact that actually there's a, there's a shortage of skills and, and people a capability to really understand how this technology can bring value. Um, so that's clearly one part of it, and we can talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure. Um, and the other is that it is complex. It's not get away from the fact that you know what we're doing here is is unprecedented in terms of connecting devices at a rate which is unprecedented, and the types of devices that people have never previously imagined. So it's a complex thing to do. I also found curious the the fact that according to your research, hospitality, healthcare, and retail, relative to the other sectors that you you service or provide solutions for, are doing better at at rolling out IoT projects. Why, why do you think? hospitality, healthcare, and retail specifically, uh, I have a hunch, but I, I, I want to hear from you and then I'll, I'll test my theory on you. Um, I'd be interested in hearing your theory, but I think hospitality, uh, I would guess that's, the value of that is, is very evident because it's about you know, the consumer, you as a consumer, having a different experience. And I think you can very easily deploy technology to improve the experience of, a, of, of any consumer in any type of hospitality environment. So that would be my theory uh, on that. I think arguably similar in retail. You know, it is about business to consumer. Um, it's about, you know, decisions that you will take as a consumer based on the experience you're receiving. And it's a lot easier, com contrary to what I was saying about complex solutions in the business when you think about some of the IoT solutions. In the consumer world, you know, it's quite simple, you know, how we can deploy technology um, to, to improve that experience. Yeah, it's pretty much a straight line, uh, you know, between understanding your customer better, you know, more with data around that and crafting better solutions for that customer, et cetera. Exactly. The, 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 the collection of the analytics, I think, is a lot clearer and how you then manipulate those analytics, that's not necessarily a new thing. I mean, in the world of retail, people introduced loyalty cards, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so although it wasn't based on technology as we see it today, um, it was about collecting analytics around the behavior of customers and how you then use those that analytics to you know to push more relevant information to the customer the fact that you can do that now in a more effective way with some of the solutions we're hearing about uh, at this event uh, makes that much more uh, compelling i think my hunch is my hunch is uh, these industries to me represent industries that have tons of legacy data not that others don't but um as a course of in the course of, the, of doing their business, they're highly regulated, typically um, around data and, and its and its uh, and its storage and its integrity and that kind of thing. And I think as a base for launching into an IoT direction, I think they probably have a better chance of succeeding. One, the other thing, I'd, the other guess, the other hunch I have is um, in terms of the KPAs of the people who might be tasked with. Uh, you know, executing on an IoT strategy, say in a retail setup versus say mining, for example. Um, I think from a skill perspective, also from a, uh, you know, a readiness to adapt or, or chase even the slimmest margins, 
you know, I don't know. That That's kind of how I was thinking. Well, you touched on a key point there, the end margins, because you know, arguably you could say that those industries are, are highly competitive. I'm, a, I'm not an expert on manufacturing, so I couldn't say it's more competitive or less, but we know that retail and hospitality are highly competitive environments. We know they, they operate with very thin margins, so they're naturally going to be looking for anything that's going to give them that competitive advantage, that differentiator in terms of the experience. So they are compelled to adopt technology and embrace technology that might give them that fraction of differentiation compared to perhaps some other industries that, that don't have the same level of um, competition or urgency because you know, either there's less competition or the, it's less about the consumer or the margins are fatter or you know, any number of factors. Of course, you mentioned urgency healthcare again. I mean, if you've saved one life through uh, uh, an initiative that cost you millions, well, I mean, who's to put <laughs> a cost to a life? Who can put a price on that exactly? Oh, well, look, um, the promise is real. Bringing solutions online is challenging. That's a, a quote that stood out for me um, through, through that presentation. To speak specific to the African context now, what's the promise of IoT, do you think, to the average C-suite uh, you know, in in a major African market, say South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria. Uh, I will answer that, but I'd also like to talk about the you know what's the promise to the citizen as well. But we can perhaps come to that. Uh, I guess in, in this in the C suite, as you put it, the promise is around uh, you know providing more intelligence that's going to enable them to make decisions faster and more effectively. So it's either going to be about reducing uh, the uh, inefficiencies in the operating of the business. Uh, which in themselves can enable you to save costs or to redeploy those resources on things which are going to be driving business, growing business, driving revenues. Um, or it can be, depending on the type of business you are, around how you're going to be more relevant to your customer, you know, going back to what we were just talking about, that consumer experience. And so you mentioned the citizen. Again, I have a, a huge concern around IoT and how in developing markets, I think, or at least citizens within developing markets, will have a much more difficult time trying to understand their role in, uh, you know, basically surrendering access to their lives via data and the value of that and, 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 and all of this in the context of commercialization. And so I'm quite keen to hear how, in, in your view, um, the citizen gets, gets a win too. Yeah. Um, so despite my accent for your listeners, uh, I did spend three years living in South Africa, in Johannesburg, so I have some first-hand experience of living in the environment. Um, and I also travel frequently to, to South Africa and across the continent. So um, I think I've got a reasonable understanding of some of the challenges that, that exist living in, and, and uh, working on the continent. Um, there are three things that jump out to me um, which are fundamental to, to the quality of life of any citizen actually in any country. One is education, one is healthcare, and one is safety and security. There's no question that, that, that each of those tenants, if you will, can be improved, can be accelerated, can be made more efficient by using some of the technology that exists today and the technology as it will evolve in the coming years. So if you, if you double-click on one of those, it's, say, education, for example, if you could provide through technology, the same quality of education to every child in Africa, whether they live in a major urban area or whether they live in a remote village, because they all have access to the same curriculum, maybe even the same teachers through technology, um, then you know, what is that going to do to the next generation of young African, African children? If you, if you duplicate that into the world of healthcare and if you can provide the same standard of healthcare to any citizen living anywhere in Africa, again, by leveraging the capability of technology, 
then what is that going to do to the population? Safety and security, well, you know, we're, we're talk, talking today from the UK and we had a terrible ter terrorist attack only last night in the UK, so there's nowhere in the world that's safe. But, you know, many of the African cities have their own challenges as well around safety and security. Many of those problems can be solved using technology. So I think the, the challenge is, you know, and I'm not a politician, but the challenge is how do the politicians, how do we as, as, as companies who have these technologies and these solutions and the ecosystem that we're part of, how can we provide the thought leadership to government to show them the art of the possible and then allow them to, to wrestle with the challenge of how they, you know, how they invest for the long term that's not necessarily going to win votes in the very short term but is absolutely the right thing to do for citizens in the long term. And you know, that's a political dilemma that fortunately I don't have to worry about. Our, our job, I think, is to provide the art of the possible, to show the art of the possible. Government then has a job to help create an environment which is fit for purpose and you know, some of the legislation that they need to uh, perhaps rethink and data protection being one of those. And some of the private conversations I have off the mic, obviously, uh, with um, executives uh, in, in corporate Africa, I sense a trepidation around uh, IoT ushering in an era of even higher levels of accountability, perhaps, uh, and, a, and a sense that I'm not sure I'm willing to, you know, induct a, a technology that's going to make it even harder for me to meet my KPAs. What do you make of that? Uh, just in terms of like the business development cycle, as far as Cisco's concerned, in in massaging the importance and, of course, the the the, the potential of this technology to deliver business results. Uh, what do I make of it? I think it's a short-sighted view, and and uh, you know, people with that mindset who who aren't evolving their mindset to to understand, you know, how technology is shifting and how technology isn't the case of, you know, you design a business strategy and then you look to how technology can support it. Actually, technology can you know, often be at the, at the foundation of that strategy. You can't achieve without it. And I think executives who understand that will be the ones who disrupt the market and bring new services to citizens. Those who don't, I don't think will be around for long, personally. And so on the other end of that spectrum is executives who get it, who are actually, in fact, bullish on the trend and... Uh, problem is there might be oversimplification as far as their mindset in terms of what's actually required and the challenges that stand in the way and the complexities you mentioned earlier. Speak to some of the more commonly held misconceptions about perhaps the ease or the ease with which you can sort of transform digitally and integrate sensors into your, into your you know, technology setup and introduce efficiencies that way. Um, pick an industry maybe to use as an example but yeah give me a sense we believe our role is to help deliver secure intelligent networks that form the foundation of a digital strategy that's you know that's if my proposition to any customer is we can help you do that uh, we have the technologies and we have the experience and and you know most organizations that we're working with already are invested in technology it's how do you take what you've got today and make it digital ready so that's a role that we can play um, which type of industries? Well, I mean, if we take South Africa, for example, uh, financial services, retail, we work with you know, all of the large organizations in those sectors and have real examples of where we're deploying you know, the latest technologies around security, around analytics to help them 
gain that advantage, whether it's on the efficiency of the operation or whether it's giving them that competitive insight. So, you know, I, I made, made a, a brief comment about my accent earlier. So I am from the UK. I moved down to South Africa in 2010. One of the things that I was very presently surprised about when I moved down is that the innovation, much of the innovation that we see in South Africa is, is leading. And if we take Cisco as an example, you know, many of the things that are firsts for Cisco in EMEA come from things that we do in, in South Africa. So I have no concerns at all about the, the appetite and the innovation uh, that exists in, in South Africa and in other parts of the continent too. And so what's your strategic uh, approach to partnering with, uh, with other companies to, to bring holistic solutions in context? And how has your thinking around partnering in that context ch changed at Cisco over the years? Because uh, I imagine there are people who five years ago you wouldn't be sitting next to at a conference, never mind partnering with to do business. And you know, talk me through that, that dynamic. Yeah, and it's a constantly evolving dynamic. Um, so you're right. You know, we've been trading uh, over 30 years as a company, over 20 years in Africa. We have uh, very mature partnerships. Uh, with many African companies that have helped us both be successful and help our customers be successful. Many of those relationships will continue to evolve um, and we'll learn together uh, you know, around this new world of IoT and digital. Um, and there's a need for, for Cisco and for our partners to continue to evolve our thinking and our capabilities. At the same time, there are partners who, to your point, we wouldn't have even considered um, the value exchange uh, five years ago, even two years ago, that are now partners who, who are very clearly part of this ecosystem and part of the solution. In the same way, is I'm quite sure that there are the partners that I'm not thinking about today that, that in a year or two's time will, will be. And I think it's in this um, where you take the solution to a vertical level. So, you know, we will provide that secure, intelligent network and all of the capabilities there. Um, but when you, when you get into bespoke solutions uh, around different vertical markets and different analytical solutions around different vertical markets, there is a huge opportunity for, for a much larger um, ecosystem to, to, to exist. And I think we have to be very open-minded about what our role is and how we evolve our thinking around that. In the context of all the exciting uh, announcements being made by the big mobile telcos in, in places like South Africa and, and, and Kenya around, you know, building IoT infrastructure, newer players, you know, nipping at their heels in the same space, claiming, you know, in the next 18 months we should expect certain capacity to come online. Where does Cisco feature in terms of strategy like that? Are, are you coming to market with them? Do you hear those announcements and then put your business development team straight on onto them? Or are you on the end from the get-go? Um, in, in many cases, we are very much part, part of that. You know, the, the telecommunications market service providers, as we would call them, are a huge part of our business globally and very much so in Africa. Um, not just the mobile operators, by the way, but, but you know, the traditional telecoms providers as well. Uh, much of the solutions that they're innovating around are built on our platforms. So, um, you know, we, I'd like to think that I'm realistic enough to know it's not in every case, but in many instances, you know, we're part of that thinking, part of that strategizing, and at the core and the foundation of, of, of you know, those solutions as they, um, as they bring them to market. They haven't figured out business models by any stretch because, I mean, you speak to them and it's like, okay, we'll offer subscriptions. Okay, we'll, we'll sort of partner and, 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 and create products and go to market together. Oh, they haven't figured it out, have they? Um, 
some have, and some have done a better job than others. The, the idea of partnering and going to market jointly with, with the service provider customers is not a new one. You know, I, I can go back to, to you know, the 1990s when we were building you know, VPN solutions with, with service provider operators in Africa and selling them together you know, on a Cisco-ready network and, and, and getting our sales teams working with their sales teams. So the concept's not new, um, but the, what we're now taking to market together is, is much more complex than, than you know, the, the basic services from the 90s. So I think that's where it's challenging is that you know, we've got to evolve our, our conversation with the customer, you know, that it's got to be much more around what's relevant to the customer and what's the value the customer will see and start with the conversation there not start with a conversation about the service or the technology. And so finally, would I be right in saying in terms of the use case or the most prominent use case within the corporate context or commercial context on the continent, uh, to my mind, agriculture, mining, um, uh, perhaps logistics in terms of IoT and its deployment, although I see those as the sort of low-hanging fruit where the um, uh, innovation won't be chasing you know, solutions, it will definitely be solutions driven. And, and, and I feel like the market might be ready for it right now. What do you make of that? I would agree 100%. And I would add what we briefly touched on earlier around the public sector and citizen services. But, but yeah, agriculture, mining, citizen services are, you know, there are demonstrable solutions today. Um, there are examples across Africa where, you know, this innovation is alive and kicking. Um, but, you know, there, there is much more that we can do. Um, and and uh, the challenge is and the hope is that with events like this, with thought leadership, that we can actually demonstrate the art of the possible to, to people who can make those decisions. David Meads, Cisco Africa, thank you so much for speaking to us on the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. My pleasure.